0: How's it going everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer for Wednesday, November the 25th. Oh boy, today was a big day for news, in contrast to yesterday. Let's go ahead and kick things off with Fortnite. So Epic Games is going to be introducing a paid monthly subscription to Fortnite, which they are going to be dubbing Fortnite Crew. So it's going to be $12 American a month, and that will include the current Battle Pass when you buy it. If you don't know, the Battle Pass itself is around $10, which is released every couple of months. Then they're going to give you a 1,000 V-Bucks, which is the in-game currency that costs around $8. And then they're also going to give you an exclusive cosmetics pack, which won't be sold anywhere else. So, I mean, all things considered, if you are already invested in the Fortnite ecosystem, then I think that's not a bad offer, especially if you want the exclusive stuff. And especially when you contrast it to something like Call of Duty, right, which just tries to get your money in 12 different ways, this at least feels like a legitimate attempt to bring value to their consistent customers. If you already bought the Battle Pass, if you already bought the cosmetics, this is a cool thing to just tie it all together. So Fortnite Crew is going to be available starting in December, coinciding with the start of Chapter 2, Season 5. Check it out. In just four days, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity has become the best-selling game in the Warriors franchise, shipping 3 million units so far. So this does include the Dynasty Warriors titles, as well as all of their spin-offs. And, you know, that's pretty impressive. Dynasty Warriors first emerged in 1997, all the way up until Dynasty Warriors 9 in 2018. And then they have games like Persona 5 Scramble or Fire Emblem Warriors. Many of these spinoffs have sold more than 1 million units, but it takes them weeks or months to do it. And in this case, it took them four days. I would imagine that part of it has to do with the allure of this game in particular, which is the fact that it's a prequel to Breath of the Wild, and, you know, Breath of the Wild best-selling Zelda game in franchise history by far. So a lot of interest going into this one, and uh, I'm happy to see it. You know, I know the Warriors games have kind of a cult following, and it's pretty cool to see. Rockstar have announced that they are going to be releasing a standalone version of Red Dead Online, which if you don't know, that's the multiplayer component of Red Dead Redemption 2. So standalone version, it's going to be coming out next week. It's going to cost around $20, and it'll run on all of the platforms that Red Dead Redemption 2 currently does. Even more interesting, they're going to be running a two-month 75% discount, so that brings it to $5, in order to incentivize people to pick it up. And in case this is a kicker for you, it'll take up to 120 gigabytes of storage space. That being said, though, you know, it looks like this is part of their new strategy. GTA Five is going to get similar treatment, and the, the multiplayer component's going standalone, and that one's going to be given away for free for a couple of months on the PS5. It does make me wonder about what the end goal is, because in one sense, having a standalone version, is probably going to open up a lot more possibilities for them. But they're still going to have to accommodate the people who have the original releases. So, well, anyway, we'll see how it plays out. And the last thing I want to talk about here is Bossa Studios. You might know them as the developers behind Surgeon Simulator and I Am Bread. They've been in the headlines recently because, basically, they, they're going through some changes after some reports of crunch and layoffs... And they had a pretty underwhelming release of Surgeon Simulator 2 as well. So management at Bossa spoke to Eurogamer, and Eurogamer did this great article, you should give it a read. Basically, they they say that they attempted to apologize for the recent crunch that their employees went through, they did take some action to prevent it in the future, but Eurogamer also spoke to some employees who were unhappy with the situation. Not just for that, but they also ran into some creative conflicts, and some tension about some decision making. So anyway, they say that now they're looking for a fresh start in 2021. They've changed around some senior management. They're repurposing some of the divisions. And then they're going to be releasing Surgeon Simulator 2 onto other platforms, as well as developing their next entry of the I Am series, if that's what you want to call it. It's called I Am Fish. So anyway, there you go. The, the reports go into far more detail if you're interested in what's going on there. But I do think it's an interesting sneak peek into that side of the gaming industry, for sure. And there you have it, folks. That's the news for today. A huge thank you to you for tuning in every single day, as you have for a very long time. You know, it's pretty wild. I've been doing this every single day for 863 days. And some of you have been there since, like, prior to day 50, and that's pretty wild to think about. So thank you for being here, regardless of when you started listening. And uh, I'll be back with the news tomorrow, as I always am, okay? So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, hey, TGO After Show. Uh, there was one news story that I couldn't get to here, but I thought it was really, really cool. There is a literary award. It's called the Hugo Award. It's created for science fiction writers, or at least that's that's where the focus is. And it's very well established. It's been around since 1953, apparently. Highly respected. And this year, or at least the, the 2021 ceremony, they're adding a video game category for interactive storytelling. Now, they made clear that this is just a, a one-off because of the pandemic being, uh, you know, gaming was there for a lot of people in the pandemic, it reconnected a lot of people to gaming, and had a very large presence, so they're saying, hey, for the year that had the pandemic, I mean, I imagine books was uh, was probably good for that as well, but, uh, you know, obviously gaming hit the mainstream a lot more this year, so they're throwing it in as a, as a hat tip or a tip of the hat, tip of the cap, what, what's the saying? Anyway. And then they said, well, we're also considering putting it on as a, as a permanent thing, as either, you know, best game or best interactive experience. And I really love that, you know, because the work that game writers do, and narrative game writers do, is not invalidated because it's a video game. A lot of the processes are similar. Obviously, a lot of the processes are very different, because you're designing for an interactive medium. But I don't think that the story arcs and the... You know, narrative quality of these games are any more invalidated by the medium in which we're consuming them. Maybe that's an obvious statement, but, you know, I just think about a game like Hades, which has hundreds and thousands of lines of dialogue, all with very unique characters, all with their own arcs. And then there's like the programming side of it, is of, you know, okay, how do we make this actually work? And that's interesting too, and I assume has to be incorporated into the narrative design somehow. But I do think that deserves to be recognized, not just for video games, but for any other medium that might be underrepresented. I do see that the Hugo Awards have uh, film awards. Best dramatic presentation, it looks like is what it's called. Both for film shorts and for long form. Oh, they even have best professional artist. They got magazines in here. Oh, this is cool. Well, there you go. So I was happy to see that, I think. I've been, you know, more in tune to the literary world, if you will. I mean, I can't say I'm particularly knowledgeable about it, but Shelby is an English major who is focusing on Canadian literature in many different ways. And she's really specializing and she's really doing quite well. Uh, She's actually writing a academic paper with one of her professors, which is, you know, theoretically going to get published, which is crazy. So anyway, like the more that I am exposed to her doing these kinds of things, the more I'm like paying attention, right? Uh, So anyway, it's nice that they're getting their time in the spotlight, I guess you can say. Besides that, uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, this is a pretty famous one. So if you're like, uh, duh, Adrian, I've already heard all of these episodes, then I'm sorry. But uh, there's a podcast called Reply All. They call it a podcast about the internet, but basically every episode is a contained exploration of an interesting thing involving the internet. And you can listen to them in any order, it doesn't matter. But I want to turn your attention to episodes 102 and 103. It's called Long Distance. It's not related to video games at all, but it is a story about the host uh, talking back to a telephone scammer and just going on this crazy adventure as a result of that call. And it was fascinating. I I, I really loved it. So again, that's, uh, that's Reply All, episodes 102 and 103. They're, they're like 40 minutes each. If you're looking for something to listen to, I I recommend it. Okay, folks, that's going to do it. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Until next time. Farewell.